0: Hello, and welcome to the Trinity Podcast with me, Rob Burkard And me, Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders
1: of Trinity Transformation and the creators of the F3 formula. In today's episode, we're gonna answer the question, how do I eat healthy when I'm pushed for time? So sit back and relax and welcome to today's Trinity Podcast. Hey. What were you telling me about you saying people email in wanting it all? Give me an example. So uh, I need. I get a lot of emails from people
0: uh, about, well, usually I've asked them the question of, you know, kind of what do they want? Usually it's they want to get fit, they want to get healthy, but they'll come to me asking things like, I want to get fit and healthy, Uh, but I've tried tracking calories and I found it didn't really work for me. I couldn't really stick to it. I've tried healthy eating, but I'm unable to do that. And I keep eating loads of crap and I can't stop myself. Uh, But I still want to be able to eat treats and not have to track any of my food. And I want to get in shape. What can I do? That's the kind of thing people say. They ask me this question. They want me to give them a magic solution. I don't know what they want me to tell them. I wish I did have a thing that I could say that was like, just take these pills. Me and Rob have got these Ben and Rob's fat loss pills. You just take one every day and every day you lose a pound of fat. That would make our life... Incredibly easy. They're very healthy for you. They're, they're not gonna cause you any permanent damage. There's no
1: side effects. There are those dodgy pills, though. Huh?
0: <laughs> you can get these pills, but I think most of those pills, are they're like, you take them and then you like, you shit loads of fat out.
1: Yeah, Basically, what I've heard is they don't lose, work. You don't
0: lose fat in a healthy way,
1: yeah. <laughs> so what do you say to that person then that's emailing?
0: I mean, realistically, if I was gonna give them the real solution, I'd probably say, go and get liposuction would be the only way you're going to succeed in that situation. So if you're the kind of person that doesn't want to get cosmetic surgery in order to lose body fat, you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to do, you're going to have to control your eating in some way, um, basically whichever way works best for you. So talking today about how do you eat healthy when pushed for time, um, might be easier just to say like, not necessarily how do I eat healthy, but how do I how does someone see results when they push for time? Because ultimately, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably want to see a result with your body. You want to either get fitter, you want to get healthier, you want to get more toned, you want to lose fat, whatever it is, you're in a position with your body that you're not happy with, and then so you want to take yourself to a position that you are happy with your body. Um, and the problem a lot of people have, I think, is they have this, this perception that they don't have enough time to get fit and healthy. And that keeps them stuck because they constantly feel like they don't have enough time. So they're unable to actually get any, any results.
1: Yeah. It becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy, doesn't it? That What you convince yourself in your head generally comes true. Like this has been studied psychologically and they know it to be true. So if you're convinced that of something, let's say you're convinced that you didn't have time to do this podcast now because you've got calls in 45 minutes, you wouldn't have done the podcast. Same thing, if you're convinced that you don't have time to eat healthy, then immediately you start enabling yourself to eat unhealthy, I think. I think a lot of people probably fall in that trap. If Definitely. Life, what you believe becomes true.
0: Um, I, don't, I don't know if you remember, on some of those calls we did with the, in, the, in the Warrior Program, there was something about reasons and results. That you can either have your reasons or you can have your results so you can either have the reasons that you can't succeed for example, I don't have enough time Um, I don't have enough money to be healthy, I don't have enough time to be healthy I don't have enough willpower to be healthy it's too difficult, I can't do it Um, it's different for me you can either have those reasons why you can't succeed or you can have the results and the only way you get the results is when you can decide that you're going to drop
1: the reasons and just do
0: the things which get you the results
1: yeah and the reality the reality is that everyone who's got in shape probably has had some of those reasons at some point that they've then had to drop. Like there's not many people we work with that don't aren't pushed for time that aren't struggling with motivation and willpower when they join that aren't pretty much all those things that don't want to ditch food because they love food. But at some point they have to go, I'm going to have to make a few sacrifices. I'm going to have to drop my reasons. So how can yeah, you me... go on?
0: Like the, The worst situation you could possibly be in
1: is, let's say
0: the the worst case scenario, a person who has absolutely no free time, they have lots of people that they're responsible for, they work like 12, 14 hour days, they are absolutely so pushed for time, maybe they have some health conditions which are making their life difficult as well, maybe they also struggle with motivation, maybe their mindset is very poor. If they have all of these things, the reality is, when they come and tell me you now, oh, it's it's different for me, I've got this, I've got that, I haven't got any time, I haven't got the money, I can't do it, it's not. It's different for me and I'm stuck in a really difficult situation. The problem with that is, is if someone convinces themselves that their situation is so different and so difficult that they can't succeed, um, then inevitably they're gonna stuck be stuck in that situation. If they're so convinced of it, um, the reality is the only way they're ever gonna succeed is if they can change the situation to something else so it's almost the i can't the point it's, i'm trying to make is if, you, it, I, if you've I know got what all of these reasons i think i know like what you're everyone to say. wants to think that they're different but if you if you are different and if your situation is so difficult it may be that you can't succeed you literally can't succeed some people's situation may be so difficult that they can't succeed and then the only reason the only way those people are going to succeed is if they actually drastically change their situation so if for example, they may have to change their job. They may have to stop running around after other people so much. They may they're gonna to have to sacrifice things and get rid of things. Otherwise, they probably are just gonna to continue to gain weight, continue to get more unhealthy, and probably die an early death. From
1: yeah. Stress and poor health. My question for that person would be like, how, how so you wanna lose whatever, two stone, three stone, whatever they say, but you've got, you just mm. told me all these things why well, it's not possible. Like you said to me earlier, the question would be like, well, How, how is, how is that, how are you ever going to lose the weight then? Like, Mm. if you're by, we all have this, it's normal to, I definitely come up with these same reasons as well, why I can't achieve stuff, but through mindset, exercise and stuff, I've come to learn that a lot of this is just bullshit in my mind. But we, we want to say it's not within our control, I think. So it takes the responsibility off us. So we're saying. I've got this situation, I've got too many kids and I've got this long work shift and all this, so I can't succeed. And it's saying it's not my responsibility, basically. It's not my fault that I can't succeed because then we feel better about ourselves because then we say, you know, it's out of our control. But it also keeps you stuck. So there's two pieces to it. One side of this is we bullshit ourselves to then give ourselves, make ourselves feel better that we haven't achieved the result or that we've messed up. But then the second half is we can never get out of that. Like my example for this for me was with our business when we really struggled last year. Kirsten actually messaged me today, <laughs> one of our former team members. But um, when we were struggling with business last year, for a long time, I had this thing that was like, taxes got so high and VAT and all these costs were so high that we couldn't succeed. And as long as I believed that, and like the government was against all small businesses and would, meant that they'd fail, then we'd never be able to get out of that mess in my head. Cause I was just going, well, it's not my responsibility. We struggled. It's the government's fault. And if you, if, I think a lot of people are in that same position where they're saying, it's not my fault I'm overweight. It's weight, it's the fault of, it's the fact I have all these kids and this long job and all of that. But like you said, either you can just stick to that, your reasons, or you can go and change stuff and get results. You can't really do both. Yeah, and I think a lot of people have
0: resistance to making those changes, especially when those changes uh, are going to require their life to be very, to, to change drastically. So, for example, with our business, we were in a position where we could either cling on to those reasons and say like, you know, our costs are too high, they spiralled out of control, we've got too many taxes. And then if we clung to that and just kept saying it was it was the fault of all those things, the business would have just continued going down to ground. But it took a point took us to get to a point where we were like, hang on, you know, may, maybe it's not our fault that all of these things have happened. You know, we just, we didn't have any, we didn't have the tools and the skills and the knowledge to avoid this situation, but it is our responsibility to do something about it. So then what we had to do is make some, quite painful painful choices so you know cutting down on staff cutting down on expenses cutting down on the the nice office that we had but making making those cutbacks is quite it can be quite a painful process so for somebody who's you know pushed for time and stuck and unable to lose weight the changes that they need to make in order to see the results may be painful for example they may have to have a, a difficult conversation with their boss about working less hours they may have to quit their job entirely and and move to a different job um they may have to spend money on you know, getting meals prepared or they may have to give up eating so many uh, unhealthy treats or whatever it is but the changes that, that it, it's ultimately that they're kind of afraid or reluctant to make the changes necessary to get the result so they cling on to the reasons to kind of pretend that there's nothing they can actually do it's not that there's nothing they can do to change it it's that they don't particularly like the changes that they
1: have to make in order to succeed or the changes are scary i think because most people have to again this business i know a lot of people probably aren't in business on this but it's very relevant to to whatever you're going to have to do if you've not got any time perhaps is that we had to have a lot of scary conversations like i had to speak to our team about having to cut hours ben had to speak to our team about actually letting them go those are horrible conversations. We really didn't want to do that. We really wanted to work out. We really wanted to support them. They were really good. They'd done nothing wrong, but we'd messed up. And it was kind of having to accept that responsibility that, you know, we made a mistake. We didn't know what we were doing. And it, I think we dragged that out for probably six months. We probably could have done everything in one month, Mm. but a lot of people are dragging out the same thing for like years in their life. And the best thing to look at is just your results. Like you were talking about earlier, like if things are not working and they haven't been working for a few years, you're going to have to make some changes, in my opinion. And like that, you can either let that re- like put that off forever and say it's an external things, it's not my responsibility, and justify it with your reasons, or you can go, look, this is not working. My results are plainly showing, my weight has not gone down, my fat has not gone down, I've not got fittier, I've not got healthier. In fact, I've got less healthy something's got to give and it's maybe as you said then not necessarily your fault maybe like building a family i'm sure is hard or working difficult jobs is difficult is not easy both of us have worked multiple jobs and it's not that easy and i don't even have kids but it is your responsibility whether it's whether you want to accept it or not i think it's it's just a, a fear thing i would say like it's really scary to make those changes but you feel so much i can remember massive relief after being like we 've actually accepted this drawn line in the sand made some drastic changes that we tried to put off but we knew we really needed to make and then we could actually go ahead and achieve stuff because we got rid of this anchor in the ground it was all this this stuff from the past that we're holding on to this kind of uh,
0: it kind of reminds me of two things the the most I'd say the most common relatable situation or uh, example of this is when people stay in a relationship that they know they shouldn't be in. But you don't want to, you're, you're scared of what, of, you know, breaking up with that person and ending up on your own, for example. This, or the same kind of thing with a job. Staying in a job that you're really not enjoying, you hate it, but you're afraid of leaving that job and, and being in unemployment and being, and having nothing to, you know, no job and no income.
1: Um, I was also and even more so to... let me just let me just say one really quick thing I know you'll continue there's also the fear of like for me anyway it's upsetting the other person so when I was leaving my job it was upsetting my boss it's probably the scariest thing for me like some people feel this more than others I'd probably be less like it now when I broke up with my ex-girlfriend years ago again the biggest fear was like really upsetting them maybe that's arrogant on my behalf but it it was the biggest fear for me so I think there's that as well go on what, what were you going to say next so I was listening to the uh, Joe Rogan podcast today
0: with, I can't remember the, the name of the guy. He's a, uh, a guy who's swum around the Ross entire Higley. United Kingdom. That's the one. So one of the things he said was he had all of these problems. You know, he had like jellyfish stings and his wetsuit <laughs> cut into his neck. And like he had trench foot. He had like the, <laughs> just all of these terrible, terrible problems. Like his tongue was like, piece of his tongue was falling off because of all the salt. Uh, and he just came to this realization that ultimately the sea does not care about any of these these problems that he's got. The sea just doesn't care. Whatever whatever issues or struggles he's got, um, if he just, if he gives up and he just you know stops swimming, he's just gonna. The sea will just kill him and just he will sink to the bottom of the ocean and he will die. And it's kind of the same thing with your with your results and with whatever it is you're trying to achieve like your health the universe does not care about all of your excuses if you neglect your body if you don't get fit if you don't keep yourself healthy if you eat loads of loads of junk food if you never exercise if you live in a life of stress the universe is never going to save you you're just going to gain weight your arteries are going to clog up and you're going to get some terrible disease unfortunately and drop dead earlier than you
1: should do yeah it's so true I that was a very interesting point he made. I'm just imagining now swimming in the in the ocean and how terrifying that would I be at swimming. night. Six hours he did didn't he straight? But it's a good point. Like was... the power of the like. You could almost think of it like that. It's like it's your choice whether you keep swimming or you you don't. And I think that's mm. almost something you've got to accept when it comes to succeeding. Is like. No one like your close family may care slightly, but not. No one really cares if you. Fail or not, you have to do it for you. No one really cares if you just don't do it. But it's going to it's going to ruin your life if you don't make the changes. It's going to slowly drag you down, make you feel less confident, make you dislike all the things you used to like, mean you're not unable to play with your kids, mean you're unable to have the relationship that's the best relationship you want. And no one else is going to do anything about it. And a big piece of it, I think, is just like we were saying earlier about Unstoppable, which is the breakthrough event we do. We just wish we could get everyone there because you can't hide there. Like, we're all as humans, like, experts at hiding from this, aren't we? Like, making our excuses and then clinging on to them. And then, especially when we're like remote like this or we're in our own environment at home, we can kind of just stay in that excuse over and over and over again. And quite often, like, a slap in the face. So to speak we don't actually slap people in the face can be what you need to just like go holy shit i did not know like patricia whose podcast came out this week it'll be last week for those listening you should all listen to that her bit about unstoppable was very interesting because she said she didn't even know these things were going on until until she got into the event and that were having such an impact on her life and she's already lost what was it three dress sizes so she she's already done a lot of the weight stuff and she still had stuff so i think everyone Everyone has this stuff that's driving their life or keeping them stuck. Anyway, should we get into some tactics?
0: I wanna say one more thing
1: first. All right, talking about
0: unstoppable. The the big shift that everybody has is going from, as you said, they have all these reasons and excuses to just having a realization that nobody is ever gonna save them. I think because me and you were quite, we push people hard in these events and we both, we stand around on the sidelines as we make these people do go through these horrible. Well, they're not terrible experiences, but we push people out of their comfort zone. Um, and me and Rob are both kind of looking at everybody, looking at their face, looking at how they're reacting to what we're doing, and we're looking for a shift that happens in them when they suddenly realise that nobody's going to save them, and that ultimately they're they're responsible for their own success. Or their own failure and they just have this realization where they're suddenly like oh all right so it's it's just me and i've i'm the only one who can help myself succeed that's it and once we've had that seen that shift in somebody which i think is probably only possible through something like a uh, it's like an in-person event just going through hard things or being forced to get out of your comfort zone once somebody's had that kind of shift when you then start you know working through the through kind of goal setting and all that kind of stuff and taking them through what they want and what they want to achieve in their life and then setting them off on a path where they will go and do the things they need to do so for example make big changes cut certain things out of their life change other things start new habits drop old habits they're, they're in a completely different frame of mind because they realize that it's kind of all or nothing they kind of either do this and succeed or they don't do this and they're just they're just going to fail and nobody's going to care nobody's going to help them nobody's going to swoop in and save them Nobody's going to listen to any of their excuses.
1: They're just going to fail. And that's that. It's like that growth mindset thing that people talk about now. It's like a buzzword. But when you have that realization that you must grow as a person and you need to grow as a person to then achieve more and you can grow as a person, I think that's the most important bit. People, it unlocks like a whole door to people of like, oh, I'm actually capable of whatever I set my mind to. I think once you start on that path, it's much better. And I think some people do get it through an online program. It's just, it is harder because most people is going to stay very much in their comfort zone, but we have had people lose four stone in a year and decide to drastically change, but it's hard to, you can't guarantee that because it's almost got to happen for people organically through that. And it's much easier in an in-person thing where you get weight you put out of your comfort zone rather than choosing to go. I'm at rock bottom now. I'm going to tell everyone or whatever it is. So tactically, what can people, what can people do? So let's say they don't have much time. They've accepted that they're responsible, but they, well, obviously there's some simple tactics. First of all, make some changes like you said, I guess, cut down your hours, change your job. Not, Not easy, but simple.
0: So when I was thinking I didn't have enough time to do anything, Um, it turned out I was actually just completely full of shit so (laughs) the way I figured this out was I I got the I've already talked about screen time I'm always talking about this but when I examined where am I where I was actually spending all of my I'm gonna look at
1: my screen time
0: again whilst you do this you know I was I was looking on on just watching YouTube videos on social media If I just, you know, mentally tally up how much Netflix I would have been watching, you know, I was watching like multiple episodes of uh, different shows every single day. Basically, I think all of us spend a disproportionately large amount of time doing loads of bullshit tasks on our phones, watching TV, whatever it is. We all have our thing that we kind of just end up wasting time on. So the first thing to realize is, and I, I, I was... In the belief, I thought in my mind, you know, I just don't have any time. There's just not enough hours in a day. I, ha- and I would always think, you know, I have too much work to do. I have too many workouts to be doing. I have too many responsibilities. I have to do too much cooking. I have to do too much cleaning. I would cling to all of those things, not realizing that on the other side of the equation, I'm actually spending, you know, three or four hours a day just like on completely pointless stuff that's not getting me anything that I want. So the first thing you can do is eliminate all of that all of that bullshit time that you spend on social media, watching Netflix, watching TV, all of those things. And the the first, the way to do that is uh, first of all, to become kind of aware of the problem in the first place. And we use something called the freedom finder exercise, um, which essentially is very, very simple. You can do this if you're listening to this, all you do is you grab a piece of paper, you can do this yourself and just write down all the stuff you do for a few days, write down all the stuff you do Then at the end of maybe three days, just tally up, you know, how much time do I spend on this? How much time do I spend on that? And then you'll have a good idea of where you're spending your time and where you're spending your time really illustrates how your priorities are set up. So for example, if you spend like in three days, you spend like 30 hours at work and you spend like 20 minutes doing something for your health and fitness, then your priorities are obviously very shifted towards work and not shifted towards health and fitness. And until you change those priorities, It's going to stay like that.
1: Yes, it's it's kind of simple. But again, these simple things are really powerful when you do them. Like I remember when um, we had a a business coach that we hired to help us hire people. We probably should have listened to it better. She did help us a lot, but we uh, we also did the same thing for work. So we wrote down every single thing we did at work. And we were having, both me and Ben we were having these conversations. We were like, it's overwhelming, you know, Oh, woe betide me. I've got no time. We're just working 24 seven, blah, blah, blah. And then we kind of looked at it and was like, oh, I actually only spend an hour a day doing support or whatever it was. And we thought it was like eight hours a day and we were getting all dramatic about it. So often I think in your head you blow things out or you live in the shit zone, which is the other thing that you can spend a lot of time, waste a lot of time doing. Like, What's the shit zone for you? Give me an example of when you're in the shit zone. The shit zone for me, it it could be different as well if you don't,
0: um, if if you're in a position like me and Rob and you kind of manage all of your own time, it could be different. So the shit zone for me would be, let's say I've got two hours to do some work in if I get done in that time, like half an hour of work or like 40 minutes of work and then like an hour and 20 of like kind of scrolling through my phone, opening up YouTube videos, changing the song that I'm listening to again and again and again and again. I'm kind of half working. Maybe I've even got TV in the background. I'm half working and I'm half doing some kind of leisure activity. But the problem is I'm not getting any relaxation out of the leisure thing, not getting any fun out of it. But I'm also not getting much work done so I think it's really important to like split your time into um, into specific blocks especially somebody who is kind of a high achiever I think people who want, who have high aims and high goals tend to have kind of a quite a busy mind almost like an anxious busy mind and that's all that's I think one of the reasons that people People who want to achieve a lot and feel like they're very busy are always doing things. They're always doing things, doing things, doing things because their mind is working very, very quickly. I think, oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do this. I need to do that. The problem with your mind working that quickly is when you try and do too many things at once, you can become very, very ineffective. I, I definitely do. So, for example, today I did mess up my scheduling. I was supposed to record this uh, podcast ages ago. I don't remember what time it was scheduled in for, like 3.30 p.m. It's now 6 30 p.m. but basically my friend Tim texts me and he said "Do you want to go on a bike ride today I could have definitely said I'm too busy I've got too much work to do I can't go on a bike ride and then kind of worked all day but I probably would have because if I give myself a six-hour block and I try and stay just work for six hours I probably do an hour or two of work then four hours I spend in the shit zone where I'm a little bit too mentally exhausted to work and I'm kind of half focused on work and I won't really get much done. So what I did instead was I I said, yes, I'll go on a bike ride at 2 p.m. And then from say like 11 until two, I just did like, like solid block of work. I just made a very simple task list. I've got to do one, two, three. And I just focused on task one, tick that off, focused on task two, tick that off, focused on task three. So I stayed very much in like work mode and didn't let anything distract me. And then I went on the bike ride and while I was doing the bike ride, I was completely in fun mode, doing no work whatsoever, just enjoying that bike ride. Now I've come back home and now I'm going to be in work mode again for the rest of the evening. But splitting that time off like that stops me from spending time in that, in that shit zone. So to apply this to somebody who's trying to lose weight and trying to get fit and trying to be healthy, um, I guess it's just about, first of all, just realizing or figuring out where you're spending time, which is just really not productive. You're really not getting much done and trying to eliminate as much of that time as possible. So for example, um, you may think, or a person may think that you have to spend all of their time with the people you care about for them to be happy. The reality is it may be better that you take yourself out of the situation, you get all of the stuff you need to get done. For example, you get a workout done while you leave your kids at somebody else's house or at, you know in childcare or whatever. And then once you finish the workout and you're feeling happy and you're feeling focused and you're feeling fulfilled because you've done the workout, you then spend some real focused quality time with your kids or with your loved ones. Or uh, another example would be date nights, something that both me and you do, Rob, um, where rather than just kind of like It's one thing for me to, I could go and sit in front of the TV with my girlfriend and just watch like four hours of TV together, both scrolling through our phones. That's one thing, that's a lot of time spent. Or we could go out for dinner for two hours and have some really focused time with no phones and like, you know, really enjoy each other's company. And leading up to that, I could use the previous two hours to like do a workout and get some work done or do a workout, clean the house, do a workout, cook some food, whatever it is. But it's kind of about, the quality of of the things you do rather than the quantity sometimes, which
1: I think is something people miss. I would say not even sometimes, probably all the time. As you said, spending hours and hours and hours with your kids, but you're snappy and grumpy because you know, you're not confident in yourself and you've not done the things you should have done and you've eaten shit again and you're letting yourself down. That's not quality time. And if you do that for 10 years, that's what your kids are going to learn from you and remember. Or with your other half, again, if you're in the same mood, in your shit mood because you know you've not done anything for yourself and you're feeling all miserable and you're whining or moaning, it's not, it's not going to improve your relationship. It's actually going to make it worse. So not only have you not helped your health, then you've actually also made those things worse over time. So I think it's really important because it's, it's been proven again, scientifically men and women cannot multitask. It's a bullshit concept. It's a made up concept. There's only thing you can do is called task switching, which is unless the only thing that kind of exists is it's still task switching. So you switch between one task and the other quickly is if one task is completely easy to you, like driving a car and then listening to a podcast, which people may be doing now. That might work if you don't have to think about the car bit. But then when it gets complicated, for example, you get to like a difficult roundabout, you probably phase out the podcast because you can't actually do both at once. You can only do one or the other. And then most people spend their entire life like tabbed browsing on an internet browser switching between everything and you lose what's it called when you switch tasks task switching no there's a there's a cost isn't there i can't remember the name of it now basically there's a there's a there's a they've 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 shown this that you lose significantly more time every time you switch tasks there's like a a acclimatization to the new task or you have to pick up from where you are lost or left off and come up back to speed with that. And if, if you could switch between loads of tasks, you actually end up spending like way longer on both tasks because you're constantly having to pick back up where you were on the last one, then pick back off on this other one and try and get back up to speed with that one and then, then do that. And what tends to happen as well is you tend to cause more problems because you then drop the ball with the cooking let's say and you burn the food and then you've got to sort that out and probably recook it or serve a shitty meal and then you're angry and then, you remember, then you're trying to do your kids homework or you're trying to um, spend quality time with your partner but you're not really there and they're getting annoyed with you so actually you make everything worse by trying to do everything at once like I don't believe anyone it has been proven scientifically now so many times that, that they can multitask it's not possible all you can do is task switch between a really easy task and one that's not so, like Ben said, basically, figure out what your priorities are, figure out how to spend quality time in an area, and then just do that. And it sounds so simple.
0: And then there's a very, very simple exercise. If you're thinking, you know, how, how should I prioritize my time? A very, very simple question exercise you can ask yourself is if you think about thinking to the future, like 12 months in the future, imagine everything has gone really, really well for you. Just think like, what would your perfect day look like? So you'd wake up, what would you do? So I might wake up, then I meditate, then after I meditate, I stretch, and then I do this, and then I do that, and then I do this. Think about what your perfect day would look like, and then see if you can schedule that day into your calendar, and then basically try and make that happen. That's that's literally as simple as it is. You just decide you're gonna spend your time differently. You decide you're gonna allocate your priorities differently and then you stick to that and I think but I think the the one thing that stops people from doing this is a I, do, I used to have this kind of this big reluctance to want to be organized and strangely I think it's it's kind of related to almost perfectionism kind of a combination of perfectionism and not wanting to being like feeling like I've done it I've done it wrong if I have to deviate from my original plan. So I wouldn't want to put things into my calendar in case I, I, in case something else came up and I couldn't make it. So I wouldn't put in like, go for a bike ride in my calendar in case I had too much work to do and I couldn't go on the bike ride. I would worry about it like, oh no, what if I don't go to the bike ride? What if I have to cancel it off my calendar and then tell my friend that I can't go? I'd, I'd be like playing 15 steps into the future and worrying about all the things that could go wrong. Um, where was I going with this point? but essentially (laughs) you've just got to realize that okay yeah this is it being organized so first of all if you're not prepared to be organized your your life's going to stay in chaos in order to like do all of the things that you want to do and have it all work perfectly or work in harmony or work as best as it can you need to be able to balance things as best you can um and kind of know where you're spending your time so like this hour, I'm spending focused time with the kids. This hour, I'm with my partner. Then I'm gonna cook this food. Then I'm gonna do this. At this time, I'm gonna to get to bed because that means I can wake up feeling energized. Then I'm gonna to go to the gym. Then I'm gonna to go to work. Then I'm gonna do this. If you always know what you're doing, it's it's a lot easier to kind of follow through. I was talking to um, uh, one of our one-to-one clients about this, um, about kind of having yourself in, in two modes. So on the weekend, you become like the manager for your life Like imagine you're kind of the employee to your life you carry out and you do the tasks and you do all the work in the week at the weekend you then become the manager to this person so you kind of imagine you're two different people so on sunday you sit down and you say okay what do i need to get done this week i need to do this i need to do that i need to do this you like schedule everything and you plan everything and you fit everything in so it works so it's going to work correctly and then in the week you just kind of carry out that plan that your like manager version of yourself has created and you just because at work, if somebody tells you, you know, you need to be in this meeting, you need to do this, then you need to go here, then you need to do that, then you need to get this piece of work done by Friday, most people will get that all done. People tend to be really, really good at work because they have kind of somebody to be accountable and someone telling them what to do. So it's about kind of being being accountable to yourself, which can also which can almost be you've got to imagine yourself as like, I'm the manager at this time, I set this schedule, and then I have to stick to this schedule that I've that I've been set. So I think scheduling is really, really um, important. And then the other problem that people run into, especially, um, I see this a lot with, with mums. You probably all know what I'm talking about as well, Rob. The, the thing with mums is mums are always fantastic at everything. They can do They can do the washing up and the cooking and the cleaning and the ironing, everything better, usually better than their other half. Most of the time, yeah. <laughs> women in, in relationships, I would say, tend to be better at kind of all the household responsibilities than a man. If a man does it, the, the classic example is when men wrap presents, if a man wraps presents from from the man and the woman she'll probably look at the wrapping of the present and be like, that looks terrible. That looks like a complete mess. And the man will be like, oh, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, you know, it's, it's covered in paper. It's got tape on it. And they'll be like, this looks awful. So men, I'd say, tend to not have so much pride in like, you know, how, how well they do things around the house and all that kind of stuff. So uh, a lot of women can get into the situation where they think, you know, my partner is actually crap at doing all of these jobs <laughs> and I want them done really well. So the only way I'm going to get them done really well is if I do them myself. So then that can kind of stop them from saying, well, I'm going to let him cook. And I'm going to let him do the cleaning. I'm going to get going to let him do that because they're worried about or they just don't like the fact that it won't be done up to their standards. And that kind of like that great to them. So they have to they have to look at the kitchen floor and see those little few crumbs that have been missed when he swept the floor and be like, oh, God, that's terrible. I can't deal with that. But um, I think it's all some kind of about accepting imperfection in some things to be able to get other things. So if you're constantly cleaning and obsessing and fussing over certain things, you're never gonna have time to, for example, go to the gym or to prep meals or to be healthy. So you may have to accept that you're gonna have to let other people do things and not do them as well as you can in order to have the time to do the things that you need to do to get the results you want.
1: Yeah, and to have the energy, I imagine. It sounds exhausting if you're constantly worrying about everyone else is doing everything. Like, Mm. my girlfriend cooks once a week. She's not confident cook, as you know. every time she cooks i just I, I the best way i've found is just to let her cook and it's like sometimes it won't turn out great other times it'll turn out fine but i get an evening off then so whatever it is it's all usually edible <laughs> usually so i've had to rescue it a few times but most of the time it's like yeah it's not going to be as good as me but that's not the point the point is then i can have a time to relax or the point is whatever people are, want from that I think a good question to ask as well, just going back to your scheduling one, if anyone's going to do this, I would recommend you stop the podcast and actually do this. Like I know everyone says this and no one does. I did this earlier for a good question, but the the other question you could say is, if I, to have everything I want a year from now, let's say physically, maybe you want to lose some weight, specify in your mind, let's say you want to be two stone lighter, you want to wear a bikini on the beach this summer and play with your kids or whatever, feel good with the other, in front of your other half and confident, and go for that promotion at work, whatever it may be. Think, what would I actually have had to have done for the past year to get that result? And that's what you need to schedule into your calendar now, even before Christmas, because most people fuck up their entire year in the few months before Christmas, I think. They work hard for the first six months, lose weight, put it all back on over winter and then just repeat the cycle forever. So you've got to look at a year ahead and say, what would I have had to have done every day to get that result like what would that person have done and then that's what you need to start doing now so it's actually not very complicated we like to think there's going to be some really complicated thing but the reality is probably just need to do something to control your calories track your food or cut out food groups that's basically the only approach is, uh, maybe I need to prepare my meals on Sundays I need to plan my day on Sundays like Ben said um, what else might someone need to do Work out, I guess exercise I would say is the three times a week crucial one
0: yeah why is that and then just never stop the thing with um well okay the, the reason i think exercise is really important is because especially like weight training muscle building type exercise which is the best for kind of body composition is if you lose weight with just food it tends to be the only way you can lose weight just with food is if you really restrict calories and you don't hardly eat anything because if you're not burning many calories then you have to really cut your food down in order to lose any weight the problem with that is you can't actually survive on that little amount of food. So at some point inevitably you have the choice of you either you know waste away and die because you're not eating enough food or you start eating a normal normal amount of food again and as soon as you eat more you just gain weight again because the way you lost the weight was just with the food and you can't keep the food up. So it's really important to exercise because if you lose weight with exercise as part of your approach um, then you can still con- you can continue with it. You can still continue to live that way because you can continue you can't continue to eat no food but you can continue to exercise so if you exercise you can kind of keep that up as a lifestyle i was thinking rob about how i would say neither of us i don't know about you i would assume i don't ever have any problems or like i don't worry about how
1: my body is anymore not really or my that, fitness there's some, there's some yeah i'd like to be better but that's just because i like to be better in everything but I'm not, but I'm concerned I'm not, about it.
0: I'm not worried about kind of slipping. I'm not worried about suddenly gaining loads of weight and you know becoming really unhealthy. No. Because, and I was thinking the only thing that's, the thing that means that that happens is just not stopping. I cannot remember the last time I had a week where I didn't do kind of two two days of exercise would be my absolute minimum. Two days of exercise will be a week where I think I really haven't exercised much this week. Most weeks, I'd say four days. A week where I'm not doing much will be three days and some weeks I would do five days a week. But I'm I just I just never stop. If you never stop, it's very it's very easy to just continue to stay fit and healthy because just the way I am now, I've done it for so long. I would I would say this wasn't usually this didn't used to be how it was. I was very, very uh, I didn't care about sports at school. I made up a fake injury, a fake <laughs> knee injury, for two years at school so that instead of going to play sports, to play football or rugby or whatever, I could go to the school library and I could play on the computers. I had no interest in being fit or healthy or doing any sports or exercise. Um, but then over time, i realized that, you know, I feel really good when I exercise a lot. So I've built it into a habit. You've just got to stick to it for like, hour. I think they say it takes about 60 days to build a habit. Yeah, I think it's variable depending on how complicated the habit is. The thing with exercise, it's a very, it's a very simple habit. As long as you don't overcomplicate as long as you just remember just remember you just gotta move just gotta do something you can go for a run you could do some sit-ups or whatever in your house you can go to the gym they're all the workout um but if you build up a habit and you get into you get to a point and get into such a rhythm with it the exercise is just what you do you just if you, you get to the every sunday at the start of every week and you think when am I gonna work out this week? Oh, I'll work out Monday, Tuesday, I'll go to this class on Thursday, and I'll go for a run on Friday. When you get into the mindset that you know it, it's what you do, it's just how you, how you are and you just don't stop and you keep going, then it becomes very, very easy. I think all of these worries that people have about you know regaining the weight and not, not succeeding and getting fatter and all those type of things can be eliminated if you can get yourself just to a position where you can just consistently exercise and if you're sitting there thinking, you know, I haven't exercised for years, I'm really unfit, I don't know where to start, literally all you've got to do is something. You could you could end this podcast, put on a pair of trainers and some workout gear, do 10 push-ups, however you can, do them on your knees, do whatever you want, do 10 crunches, do 10 squats, and then go and run for three minutes outside your house and run back. And that's it. You've done a workout. And then... Couple of days later, do it again. A couple of days later, do it again. Start small, start with start with what you can do. Start with something very, very simple. I think the problem a lot of people have is they think they have to be like, you know, doing really, doing really well. All you've got to do, all you've got to do is build the
1: habit. You just gotta do what you can and then not stop. That's the key. Just don't stop. I think it's the whole like seeing something as a diet, like like you said, dieting doesn't work A because a lot of them don't like Yo-yo dieting world, slimming world, and uh, yo-yo watchers, weight watchers. Those ones don't include any exercise because they don't, they don't, and they don't work because they starve you, like you said, and then you go back to eat normal, regain all the weight. I think it's accepting that is no quick fix to being out of shape other than actually committing to regularly being healthy. There is no quick fix but it's great once you get there so it's worth doing like there's no quick fix we're lazy as humans we're all inevitably lazy or whatever we say um intrinsically lazy but as long as you stay lazy as you said ben you're gonna to have to accept an early death you're gonna to have to accept getting terrible diseases you're gonna to have to accept your kids copying you and going down the exact same path you've got to decide do i want that or am i going to draw a line in the sand now and say that was the old me but the new me it's going to exercise regularly even if it's not very good even if it sucks it's gonna suck i'm doing this daily stretching at the moment called rumwad it's like yoga basically 20 to 40 minutes a day every single day it sucks and halfway through i'm like why am i doing this everything hurts the person on the video is like kicking ass and doing these amazing stretches and i'm there like shaking like a shitting dog (laughs) unable to get in half the positions in terrible pain but i know if i keep going eventually i will get to Maybe not that level, but I'll get to a good level. So I guess it's just accepting, accepting that you've got to make a change. That's what I will, I'll say. If you got any last words,
0: I would say if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, you know, there's a lot of stuff to do here, the the first thing you do, if there's one thing you do you take away from this podcast, is go away from this and get into a, get into a habit of exercising regularly. That's it. Don't worry about your food choices don't worry about anything else get into a habit of just moving regularly because when you get into a habit of exercising regularly you're you're kind of prioritizing your body you get used to in your mind prioritizing your body you see and you've got this physical reminder of my health is important my health is important and then you'll get all of these endorphins from uh, exercise you'll start thinking more positively you'll start feeling more motivated and then when you're in that state then kind of move on to the food when you start feeling good about yourself when you start look you're already in the habit of putting yourself first and your health first then worry about all of the food because if as we said there's kind of there's no point in just trying to starve yourself or diet yourself thin you've got to make this a lifestyle and the first piece of creating that lifestyle is literally healthy exercise so my challenge to you would be close down this podcast and then between now and the end of the day do some kind of workout whatever it is you can do 10 push-ups, 10 sit-ups, and 10 squats in your living room, if that's all you can manage, and then see how it goes from there. But just do something
1: today. Get it done. So that almost brings us to the end of today's Trinity Podcast. But before you go, we have some important information for you. Number one, if you're currently not subscribed on iTunes or Stitcher to the Trinity Podcast, click that subscribe button and get yourself subscribed to are first to hear when new episodes go live. Number two, if you're not currently getting access to the daily motivation, emails and action guides found at TrinityTransformation.co.uk, head on over to TrinityTransformation.co.uk and get that done today and we'll start sending them your way. And number three, last but not least, if you are listening to this show and you're getting value from it, first of all, do the things we talk about here. And secondly, you don't pay us to do this. So instead we ask you simply to share this show with one person you think it could help today. It's only fair. This is Rob Burkhead, and this has been the Trinity Podcast. We'll see you on the next one.